0: AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. The Lord's favor, grace, and blessing be upon all of you in Jesus Christ's name. I want to talk to you today about an epidemic that I have been noticing for the last couple of years, which is actually not new. Uh, we experienced it uh, about maybe 27 years ago, back in 1993 uh, and 1992 uh, when we when we first got saved. Um, Oh, when I first got saved, so I've been noticing a dangerous trend throughout the years. I've been noticing this dangerous trend throughout the years. Um, but for the last, I would say the last five years or the last three years, but let's say five, um, I am noticing this thing um, has exponentially accelerated. All right, And it's the whole topic of self-ordination or self-proclamation. Or the embracing of various titles without any accountability or verification or authenticity as to actually who gave it to you, other than the Lord. The Lord gave it to me, and um, I I jumped on today because um, I was I was watching a. A television program called Forged in the Fire. It's a it's a show on on people forging uh various swords um in a competition with various metals and wood. Um and the one who makes uh the, the best sword uh that has the ability to both cut, withstand pressure, um, and kill. Um, wins a ten to twenty thousand dollar prize, you know, and it's kind of it's it's kind of like one of the one of my favorite shows. Uh, me and my wife, we we actually enjoy watching this particular show. All right, so the last uh, maybe uh, eight months, I haven't watched it. I've been so busy in the ministry, I haven't watched it. So me and my wife decided to uh, do a reup and. We began to watch some of the more recent shows and the dynamic has changed. Now, this has everything to do with, with ministry because I want to share something with you. Um, a revelation that I caught and I jumped on to share it with you. All right. The last couple of, uh, uh, newer episodes, uh, since we haven't been watching for like eight months, we noticed that the dynamic and the, the show itself has changed, right? So they are, they are including a younger audience, which means, um, you have eighteen-year-olds uh, competing in the show, creating a fire. And here's what I noticed: um, We spent the last couple of hours just watching episode after ep- after episode, and I begin to notice something. And I really felt the spirit of God say, "This is how this generation um, is is taking ministry." And it's this: um, I noticed that um, those that win the competition. Or rather, between a couple of the other players and or competitors, um, they're given an assignment, and the assignment is to forge a particular sword uh, based out of history and create the sword as close to the replica as you can. And then the sword is, in and of itself, is tested, and whoever wins actually wins the prize. So it's a competition between a bunch of uh, forgers, and then there's a competition between two people. Whoever wins. Takes the prize. Now, what I'm noticing is a lot of the younger crowd, a lot of the younger crowd uh, within the show, um, have uh, have been winning, have been winning the competition. All right. Now, watch this. Now, watch this. I'm going This has everything to do with self-ordaining yourself, because I'm trying to give you a metaphor and a and a simile um, in parabolic form, so that you can understand that this is exactly. What's happening in this day and age. All right. Here's what I noticed. That in the competition with those who are younger, um, at the end, um, instead of them creating the sword that looks like uh, the actual assignment, they were creating swords that kind of look like it, but had no resemblance at all. And they were submitting that. I noticed that they were submitting that as... Uh, Their submission now by default, if the sword does not look like the original from from its historical context and picture, you are therefore disqualified. But I noticed that they were letting these young guys come in and me and my wife are looking at at these swords and we're saying that sword doesn't even look like it. And what we noticed was that these young men were doing the best that they can. Do you see where I'm headed? Okay, and doing the best that they can, listen to me, is violating all the rules simply because this generation has embraced this mindset of, at least I tried. Let me share a secret with you. This is ministry. This is not what at least I tried. I'm going to go for it because I'm just not going to sit here. At least I'm trying. Wait a second. This is not a competition for thereby you win a prize. This is people's lives. And I'm noticing that there is a generation of people who are launching ministries with the mindset of, you know what, I'm going to go for it. At least I'm trying. At least I tried. And then what was interesting was I'm giving a critique about the show because I'm saying that sword doesn't look like the sword. How is it that they're allowing that? Uh, listen to what I'm saying how is it that they're getting away with that and what about if they win they're winning a competition and therefore violating all the rules but at least they tried and I'm saying to myself aren't the judges supposed to say uh, excuse me the sword you made doesn't even really look like it um, l- l- listen to what I'm saying it doesn't look like it, so therefore you're disqualified. No, they're giving them a pass because at least they tried. And there was this one young man that was there. The sword did not even look like it. And he was saying the person was from Texas. And I, this is not against those in Texas, but I'm giving an example. And this, the saying in Texas is everything is big in Texas, right? The competition required a smaller sword, a small sword. The person made a big sword talking about uh, this is how we do it in Texas. No, you're violating the rules. And the person was just, the person was just, he was young. He had to be like 18 and uh, he's just standing there proud of his work. And I'm saying here saying, The assignment calls for a small sword. How are they passing that? And he's just there smiling in his head. In his head. Listen to me. In his own head. He genuinely felt that this was the right thing to do. Did you catch what I'm saying? And we got a generation of people who are making up what they think the assignment means. So they're birthing ministries based on what they think it is. They're uh, uh, expressing various forms of ministry because they could do it, and and when and when confronted, their 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 stance concerning the competition is. What's the issue? At least I'm trying. Ministry is not about trying. Now how does this have to do and what does this have to do with ministry? Very simple. Ministry is about people. You don't take a chance birthing that thing and then if it don't work out I just close it down. Listen to what I'm saying. You First of all where. Did you get the call? This is not about opportunism and at least I'm going to try and go for it because at least I'm not a lazy Christian. I'm trying to make things happen for the king. Uh God told Moses, build the tabernacle according to the pattern. Now, what does this have to do with self-ordination? Very very simple. Let me read something to you in the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews, uh, chapter 5. Write it in the chat room. This is the thing. Write it in the chat room. Look at what verse 4 says of Hebrews chapter 5, verse 4. Look what it says concerning the high priest. Look at this word. It says, And no one can become a high priest simply because he wants such an honor. He must be called by God for this work, just as Aaron was. Listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what this text is saying. Let me read it again. And no one can become a high priest simply because he wants such a high honor. He or she must be called by God for this work must be called by God. Called by God. Let me read it again. Called by God for this work, just as Aaron was. Now, now watch this. When you're called by God, there is no At least I tried. At least I'm going for it. At least I'm not a lazy Christian. I'm a, I I press my way through. Wait a second. Wait a second. Let me read the, let me read the verse again. Listen, and no one can become a high priest simply because he wants such an honor. Stop right there. The high priesthood, And the bishopric, because that's what it's called, the office of a bishop, the dichotomy and the DNA, listen to him saying, are not the same. You can desire to be a bishop, but you cannot desire to be a high priest. Let me say that again. Let me say that again. You can desire to be a bishop. 2 Timothy chapter 3 says, If any man desires to be a bishop, they've desired a great work, which means you can desire it. Why? Because the office of a bishop is an auxiliary ministry, which means there is no calling to be a bishop. A bishop is a ministry established by the local ecclesia to pastor pastors or to extend the pastor to help him govern. That is not a calling. The bishop office is not a calling. You're not called to be bishop. You are selected by a local ecclesia to become bishop. And that can be done through desire. Which means you could desire it, train for it, follow the protocol, and then you do it. But when it comes to being a pastor, you cannot desire to be a pastor. You have to be called by God to do it. Did you catch what I just said? And what 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 is happening is we got a generation of... I'm going for it, a generation of opportunism, a generation of, well, I'm tired of sitting in this dead church, so uh, I'm going to do something, so put me to do something, and then that something ends up becoming your identity, and because most pastors are celebratory, which means they celebrate your hustle flow. You're taking those comments and that those applauses as the calling, but they're nothing more than admiration. Admiration by your peers is not a calling. Let me share a thing with you. If you birth something as the result of a desire and the admiration of your peers, then guess what? When people stop going to the church that you birth, what you going to do? you going to close it down. Talking about the Lord is guiding me in another direction. Uh, no. You want to know why? Because ministry is not about you. Ministry is about people. Listen to me. If you're going to be a pastor, there is no quitting. Ever. You never quit. Ever. There is no, I'm taking an indefinite sabbatical. There is no quitting in the pastorate ever. On snowy days, you got to be there. On heat waves, you got to be there. Did you catch it? Uh, On sick days, you got to be there. Listen, there is is no retirement in a calling. There is only a transferring. Now watch this. Now watch this. Look at this. John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Look at this. When you get called by God uh, to an office, look at this. John chapter 6. Look at this. John chapter 6, verse 27 says, look look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Don't be concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of His approval. Listen, when you are called by God, what does that mean in ecclesiastical jargon? What does that mean? Very simple. God has given a particular person the seal of his approval. The seal of his approval. That is the calling. That is the calling. Now watch this. The seal of his approval doesn't come because you're trying to show God how disciplined and how focused you are in scripture and, and, and a particular revelation. No. No, this is not, this is not, this is not, your ministry is not career where you just walk right because I'm just trying to do things right. This ain't enterprise. This is souls. This is the mystical body of Christ. People's lives. This ain't this ain't opportunity and microphones and Bibles. Let me tell some. Let me share something with you. Preaching and teaching is not pastoring. I could do that without studying the Bible. Preaching and teaching is the easy part. I could do that without preparing. I just got a lot of scriptures here. Did you catch what I just said? Am I talking good? Am I talking good? This is what I'm saying. This. This is about, listen, hearing the call of God, receiving the seal of his approval, receiving the seal of his approval, and then, watch this, carrying out that assignment exactly how he showed it to you, not what you think it is, and then just expect people To just handle what you dished out. Talking about, I did my best. I did my best. And that's what we're seeing. Watch this. People who self-ordain themselves. Let me share a secret with you. This is me. This is me talking. Listen to me, young preacher. And you know, I'm all about that. Pushing you to your next level. You know, but let let me share a secret with you. Don't let these salutations get to your head. They're not prophetic confirmations. What do I mean by that? Somebody that you respect comes up to you and says, good morning, bishop. How you doing, prophet? Those are not confirmation. That's churchy talk. That's just, that's just a preacher talk with someone up and coming. These are not prophetic confirmation like, oh, So was five people today called me bishop in the church in their salutation. Hey, 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 listen. Listen, we're getting this all. That's just church talk. It's just church talk. It's not real. I've been there. I've been disillusioned by salutations like that back in 1993. And I thought that, oh, oh, maybe I'm called to do this because everybody calling me bishop. Anybody call it? At least call me Bishop back in 1998. And I'm not no Bishop. Did you catch it? Everybody was calling me Bishop. Hey, you and Bishop. Hello. Hello, young evangelist. Evangelist Pagani. People would call me. Do you see what I'm saying? So, so, no, this is not. At least I tried. I'm gonna go for it. No. You cannot desire it. You cannot desire the calling. You fall in love with Jesus. You love him. And in your pursuit of him, God puts his seal of his approval on you. Because let me share a secret with you. Church Church folk are trendy. Church folk are finicky and fickle. And today you're popular and then tomorrow... You got the chosen, frozen, the only one showing up for Bible study or whatever the case may be. Or they'll jump ship when they feed, you know, listen, I've been a pastor a long, 17 years. You know, you get that famous text. Every pastor that knows what I'm talking about, that text or that email. Pastor, can I have a meeting with you on Sunday? And we all know what that means. That means at that meeting... You get the famous, my time is up here, thank you, I feel like I'm not growing here, I'm going to move on and find greener, listen, been there, done that, have had it done to me throughout the years, and guess what, you can't go home and be like, what did I do wrong here, and just be like, you know what, I just don't feel like going to church today, no baby. That following Sunday or midweek Bible study, you got to be there. And you got to be there with that smile. And it's not being fake. No, is is you're walking out your calling. You're walking out the assignment. The assignment has never been, neither will it ever be about you. And there are certain dimensions in the in in, in there are certain diversities of the spirit. First Corinthians 14. And there's certain uh, 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 administrations of the spirit. First Corinthians 14. That only come that only come as a result of the calling of God. Not your. I can do that. Oh, I could do that. Oh, that's easy. Just preach on Sunday, preach on midweek Bible study, pick up phone calls, create flyers. You know, no, 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 this is not how this thing works. There has to be a, a divine instruction. When you get the divine instruction, what does that mean? It's a blueprint. The blueprint will actually share with you how God wants you to build it. But when you, but when we self-ordain ourselves into a calling because we desire it so much, you know, and you know how we twist scripture. We do it all the time. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Well, what if my desire is to be an apostle? What if my desire is to be a prophet? Do you see how we misconstrue that? Did you catch it? That's not how this thing works. Before I formed you in the womb, Jeremiah, I knew you, which means I had a personal intimate relationship with you because I already know your future. And I ordained you, which means set you apart, sanctified you, and put my seal of authenticity upon you. That by the time you were born, you were already a prophet in relationship with me because I know your future. Did you catch it? So a person is born with the calling. You don't inherit a calling because you're faithful. Well, what about those of you, those people who serve a man and a woman of God, uh, and they never had in mind to operate in a particular office, but they end up inheriting the calling and moving on as a successor? Well, then let me share something with you. Then you were the successor all along. The one who missed it was you. The one who, if if you never had it in mind and now here it is. And now you're carrying out this big legacy and it wasn't something you had in mind. Guess what? The one who missed it throughout these years is you. Because you were the one ordained to do that from the foundation of the world. It's unfortunate that you came to that realization when they gave it to you. It happens. And I'm going to tell you why that happens. Maybe you just in the wrong church. And that's another topic for another day. Maybe you're just in a wrong church. Maybe you do need to leave that church and go find another church that can help nurture that thing. Did you catch it? Amen. Listen, listen, listen listen to me. Listen to me, listen to me, Zion. No one, listen to Let me read it again to you. Look what it says. It says, no one can become a high priest simply because he wants such an honor. He must be called by God for this work, just as Aaron was. Now, connect that with John chapter 6, verse 27. When you do it, the Father selects you. Listen, Father selects you for placing His seal of approval on you, and it's all God promoting it, as opposed to you just being so excited to want to do something that your desire has become the voice of the Holy Spirit. And it happens. And if and if there is faulty understanding, and it happens a lot. You know, it happens in, it happens a lot. And if you're not mature in your understanding... You take people's salutations as prophetic confirmation. Oh, five people call me prophet today. Maybe God is calling me to be a prophet. Baby, sit your butt down, man. You're not a prophet, man. That's just church talk. That's church talk. We do it all the time. That's why me, I stopped doing that the last maybe eight years. I, why? Because I've seen people start getting teary-eyed. I'd like, God bless you, future apostle. How are you doing today? And I see the tears. And I'm like in my head. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, I'm your pastor. I was just, I'm just being nice. Whoa, this is not like a confirmation or anything. Like their eyes get all watery. You know, you see that tear come down. You know, they walk back to their seat like. <laughs> apostle call me future apostle. Pastor come. And it's just churchy talk. It's just churchy talk. Did you catch it? You can't. Let me share a secret with you. And i end with this. Could it be possible that people are self-ordaining themselves? People do it all the time. If the desire is strong enough, it will happen. It will happen. This is Ministry is not about desire. Ministry is about calling and a seal of approval. It's just the way that it is. Now, if you listen to what I'm telling you, you will save yourself a lot of heartbreak. Let me share a secret with you, man. Some of some people have taken on unnecessary persecution because they genuinely believe they're called to do something, and they're and they're not called. But a bunch of these circumstances, you, you know, sometimes I talk to people, sometimes I talk to people. <laughs> And they'll tell me things like this. You know, I never wanted to be pastor. You know, the Lord forced me to do it. What? Say that again? You know, I never really wanted to be pastor. You know, I, the Lord called me to do it. You know, uh, by three confirmations, you know, three prophetic words in a dream. I'm like, you never wanted to do it? Wait a second. Something is wrong with that picture. Because the Bible says it is God who puts in you both the will and and to do of his good pleasure. I always, I well, one, I knew I was going to be a pastor, but I've always wanted to be a pastor. I've always wanted to be a pastor. It's always been in there. Did you catch it? I've heard people say things like that, you know? You know, I take ministry serious. It's sacred. So I never wanted to do it. God had to literally grab me by the ear and force me to do it. And I'm like, oh, if I was a member of your church... I would have bounced hearing you say that because that means you're in a vocation that you never wanted to do. I'm out of here. I don't want to be part of a church with a pastor who who never wanted to be there and is there like Jonah. Hello, Jonah. Not me. I'm gone. I'm out of here. You see what I'm saying? That no wonder that church don't grow more than 60 people. Listen, fall in love with Jesus. Pursue him be a lover of His presence. Walk in true sanctification and honor. And you're going to see how the Holy Spirit, should He deem you fit to call you for the ministry. This is what I'm saying. Listen, with the seal of His approval. And, w- and watch this. And His approval, listen to me, will always be authenticated By the people around you, even if they don't like you. The Pharisees hated Jesus, but they knew he was from God because Nicodemus told him. Nicodemus said, the Pharisees know you've come from God. They know you've come from God. They might not agree with you, but they know you come from God because no one could do these miracles that you do unless God be with him. You see what I'm saying? Why? Seal of his approval. Seal of his approval. I'm going to leave it there because I'm going to go teach this on Facebook. Amen. Listen. Listen. Continue to press in to know him in the fellowship of his suffering, the power of his resurrection. And God will prepare you to be called as a servant of his vineyard and you do it with all of your heart. Even on bad days, you keep pushing. You keep pushing. And watch this. And it's not an excuse for bad administration, but here's what I told here's what I keep telling people. Pastors win. And what do I mean by that is your pastor can be horrible at administration and Your pastor can be horrible at relational scales or whatever the case may be. But if that pastor has a genuine call of God and genuinely loves God, regardless if people be leaving all the time and his sermons be dry as heck, regardless if they're rough around the edges, God will always defend that pastor. They will always win. Now, they'll struggle, but they'll always win. Pastors win. And if you're not a pastor... Swallow that. That's why that church hasn't closed down. (laughs) That's another topic for another day. Pastors win. (laughs) The Lord's favor, grace and blessing be upon all of you in Jesus' mighty name. My name is Alexander Pagani, lead pastor of Amazing Church. Located here in the South Bronx, New York City. Amen. God bless you. The Lord's favor be upon all of you in Jesus' name. I'm out. God bless.